2 Peter 1, I'm going to read four verses there, verse 1 through 4. Hallelujah. You got it? Okay, uh, let's all read together, 2 Peter 1, verse 1 through 4. Ready, read. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Again, verse 3 says that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Verse 4 says that he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these we are made partakers of the divine nature. So divine power and divine nature. We're talking today on part two of this subject, unlocking and unleashing divine potential. Unlocking and unleashing divine potential. Can you say amen? amen? Father God, thank you today for giving us the opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray that your people have hearing ears and seeing eyes, receiving hearts, that the word of God may find good ground that the seed may go in and produce what the sinners are producing. I pray that God, your people, Lord, would have transformed lives because minds are being renewed today by the word of God. I pray that God, you give me divine utterance to speak things I've not thought, divine unction of flowing ways I've not seen. And I pray that, Father, as we take this time in the word of God, that you will have preeminence, that the word of God will prevail and be glorified among your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. All right, take your seats. Unlocking and unleashing divine potential. Unlocking and unleashing divine potential. I talked last week about this, how every born-again believer has, uh, has enormous untapped potential. Are y'all with me? And I talked about how that potential isn't based on your ethnicity. It's not based on your gender. It's not based on your nationality. It's not based on any other human factor. It's not based on any other human factor. All right? Because being born again, we shared, puts us in a different class. I'm in a different class of people. Hallelujah. We're in the God class. 2 Corinthians 5.17, many people know this scripture. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation, old things are passed away. Come on. All things have become what? So if I'm in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? All right, so if we're in Christ, we are new creations altogether. New beings altogether. New species. We're in a new class. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The easy to read version says it this way. When anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. Say that it's a whole new world. It says all things are gone. Suddenly everything is new. Suddenly everything is new. So no matter what uh, our previous condition was, no matter what our previous uh, status was, no matter what our previous limitations were, no matter what our previous potential was, 
Now that I'm in Christ, the old thing is gone and suddenly everything is new. So now I'm not that old creature. I'm not that old person. I don't have those old limitations. Are you hearing me? I don't have that old limited potential. I'm in a new class, the God class. And now I have God potential. I have divine potential. Are you hearing me? Well, this is very important here. It's very important. And, and this potential that God has given you uh, is, is nothing like anything you know before. In fact, that word new, I gave it to you in, in, the, in the Greek last week. It's, it's the Greek word uh, kahinos, kahinos, which means, I, I gave you sort of a, a paraphrase definition. Uh, it means unprecedented, uncommon, and unheard of. Right? Unprecedented. Unprecedented means there's nothing like it before. There, there's no precedence. There's nothing, nothing to compare yourself to. Nothing, nothing to compare uh, who you are today with, with, with who you were or who anyone was before. You and I are new creatures. We're unprecedented. There's, there's never been anything like you on this planet. There's never been anybody like the body of Christ on this planet. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When, when, when Jesus showed up, they were so blown away. Because they, they had never seen anything like him. He didn't flow like everybody else flowed. He didn't move like everybody else moved. He didn't, he didn't see things the way everybody else saw things. He didn't look at a limit like two fish and five loaves of bread, what we going to do? He, he saw something that was, un, he was unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of. In fact, give me um, 2 Corinthians media. I know this is going to be off script. 2 Corinthians 5, we were in 17. Go back to verse 16 for me. Go back to verse 16. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 16. Hallelujah. It says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet no, now we know him thus no longer. So Christ didn't come here like the flesh. He said, I'm, I'm not from this world. I'm not like you guys. So, so if, remember, remember when, when, the, when the disciples, uh, they were in the boat, Mark chapter 4, and the, there was a wind and a storm and everything, and they thought they were going to die. And Jesus said, he got up and, and he said, peace be still. He, he canceled the storm. And they said, what manner of man is this? What manner of man? What kind of man? In other words, we haven't seen a man like this before. Jesus. We've never seen anybody like this before. Who can do what he does? Who can flow like he flows? Who can speak like he speaks? Who, who, can, who can operate the way he does? We've never seen anybody like this. And what God wants you to know that when you get born again your family should be like, who is this? Nobody in our family ever did anything like this. Nobody in our family ever drove like this or lived like this or had. Nobody in our family ever operated. No, who, who is, who are you? Unprecedented. Uncommon. Unheard of. Unprecedented. Uncommon. Unheard of. Hallelujah. So I told you this last week that if that's the case, then no one and nobody can talk about your potential. 
Hallelujah. Nobody but God knows your true potential. Y'all getting this here? Remember I told you last week, you got to catch this. A lot of people in the body of Christ have been uh, tricked out of their divine potential because they took some man-made test. You took an IQ test. You took some ASVAB test. You took some some uh, career test, some psychology test, some personality test, some, some man-made test, some physical test, and uh, some, some blood test, and they told you, well, you don't have the potential. Oh, my God. Um, because because, because your, your family, nobody in your family ever was above 5 foot 11, so no way you can be above, above 5 foot 11. But yes, you can. You can't think about and add to your stature. Matthew 6. But there's a divine potential inside you to override all the precedents of your past. Who, who came to hear what I got to say? Okay, all right. So the question I had for you last week was, when you take these tests, the question is, who measures your spirit? You can measure my speed and my agility. You can measure uh, my strength. You can measure my intellect, my intelligence. You can measure that. You can measure my height, my weight. You can measure how far I can jump, but you can't measure my spirit. Oh, Jesus, this is good. You can't measure my spirit. You, you, you don't know my capacity. What you understand, ladies and gentlemen, Luke 17, 21 says, the kingdom of God is within you. So in other words, you have within your spirit the fullness of the kingdom of God. So I don't care if you're 5 foot 10 or 7 foot 11, the whole kingdom can fit inside you. Listen. In Mark 5, are y'all y'all okay? I'm off script. Y'all okay with this over there? In Mark 5, Jesus encountered, remember in Mark 4, I just told you he calmed that storm? The storm was to keep him from getting to Mark 5. In Mark 5, he gets over to a place called Gadara, the Gadarenes. There's a man there who's living among the tombs, cutting himself, crying out loud. He was full of devils. Now, Jesus said to the asking man, what's your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, Legion, people try to say there were 2,000 devils, but we don't know that because the word Legion, you look up in the Greek, it could be between 2,000 and 6,000. So we don't know how many demons was in this man. What we do know is when the demons left the man, they went into the pigs, and what the, it drowned 2,000 pigs. Catch this. Are y'all ready for this? It drowned 2,000 pigs. But the man could contain all of that. The demons drowned 2,000 pigs. That's why we should never put ourselves on animal level. Because even an unregenerate heathen is on a higher level than an animal. 
That's why y'all talking about y'all know that my that's my little dog, my dog, that's my little son and my little grand, my little dog. No, listen, don't, don't drop me down to no animal level. I'm in the God class. Even an unregenerate man could contain 2,000 or more demons. That's how much capacity he had. Yo, you getting this here? The pigs couldn't contain one each. But the man's capacity Was he cutting up? Yes, because that's what demons make you do. But they couldn't kill him. They killed the pigs. But they couldn't kill him. This man at 2,000. You, you, are, you trying to, are, you, are, you, are you seeing this morning? I'm trying to show you how much capacity you already have before you get born again. Now that you're born again, the whole kingdom fits in you. Oh, you missed The whole kingdom fits in you. Ask your neighbor, do you know how, who you are? Do you know how big you are? In other words, I see you, you look 5'10", and you might be 120 pounds or whatever, but do you, 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 you're bigger than that. You're... See, because nobody can measure your spirit. They can measure your natural. That's why we read we don't regard each other after the flesh. Because my flesh only tells you what you can see. But this unseen capacity. Don't make a mistake and run up on me because you think you're taller than me. Don't, 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 don't run up on me because, because, you know, some of y'all ladies need to tell people, don't, don't, hey, I'm a woman, don't, don't run up on me like that because. Be careful now, be careful, be careful, be careful now, be careful. Don't go by what you see. Because there's an unseen potential, an unseen capacity inside me that you can't calculate. You made an assessment and evaluation of me based on what you can see. But what you see ain't what you better worry about. Is what you can't see. In First Corinthians two eleven, First Corinthians two eleven, First Corinthians two eleven says this: For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? So who of you knows what's in somebody? Except the person that's in them. So you can't judge me 
I'm talking about my ability, my potential, based on what you see. Because you don't know, you're not in me. They, they got a saying in the world, Brother Dwight, they say, uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Because I've seen some little, little, little puppies, some little scrappy little puppies. Let that bulldog try that chihuahua all he wants. That little chihuahua say, yo, 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 yo. Oh, that chihuahua can't come out a little Spanish on him. Just, oh, man. I, I, you, you don't know the size. Are y'all with me here? In Daniel 11, 32, Daniel 11, 32. Because I want to look at what's inside you. Can I take my time and preach this? We might extend this another week or so. Because I told you about this last week. Those immeasurables. Those, those intangibles. That's inside you. Nobody can, can judge that. There's things that make you you. Things that make you you. Glory to God. Daniel 11.32 says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out. Come on. Are y'all hearing this over here? Do you know your God? Okay, I'm going to come over here. Do you know your God? Well, if you know your God... The Bible says you shall be strong and carry out great exploits. It didn't preface any of that by your height, your weight, your speed, your strength, your experience, your skill. It's all about your relationship. And if you know your God, not know about God, no, you know your God. Because if you know God, you have now been made a partaker of divine nature. And if you have his divine nature, you have the ability now, no matter what the earth says, no matter what, what flesh is about you, to carry out great exploits. In other words, you're going to do some big stuff. Tell you, you're going you're gonna to do some big stuff. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do some big stuff. Matter of fact, prophesy, say, before you leave this planet, you're going to do some big things. Prophesy out of somebody else who looked like they need to hear it. Before you leave this planet, you're going to do some big things. Find you one more person, tell them, before you leave this planet, you're going to do some big things. I see greatness all over you. I see greatness in your future. I see greatness coming to pass in your life. I see great things God's going to do in your life. Not basing this on your education. Not basing this on your skin color. Not basing this on your gender. I'm basing this on you knowing your God. If you know God, before you leave this planet, you're going to do some great. Hallelujah. So we're talking about divine potential. I need, I need y'all to get this here. Because this divine potential 
you, you have it, you carry it with you. What would happen if you, if you went to work with divine potential? I'm talking about you go to your job, but you go there with divine potential. And you unlock it and you unleash divine potential. What made Joseph in the book of Genesis, that Joseph, the great-grandson of Abraham, that Joseph, what made him stand out so much to Potiphar, his slave master, stand out so much to the, to the prison guard, stand out so much to Pharaoh that he got exalted to second in the whole nation, in the whole world? Because he, what, he didn't go to work on natural potential. As a matter of fact, truth be told, he had no natural potential. When, when Joseph was sold into slavery, ended up in Potiphar's house, Joseph had never had experience running a house. He didn't know how to run a house. So he didn't, obviously didn't go there on his natural potential. He went there with something on the inside. He had the blessing on him in covenant with Almighty God and he operated based on his divine potential and, and his master saw that and said, wait a minute. Everything you touch turns to gold. I'm going to put you in charge. What happens if you go to work next week? Because see, y'all go on vacation mode this week. Some of y'all going to work on vacation mode. You ain't gonna get nothing done at work this weekend. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. You ain't gonna be thinking about nothing. Just showing up. But so I'm, I'm gonna excuse you for this week. But what if you go to work next week? With divine potential. What if you ran your business? With divine potential. What if everything you did, you did it by your divine potential? Now you're not operating like any other human being. You're operating with the capacity of the kingdom. Wisdom from above. Ideas, innovations that are unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of. And it's in you right now. Say, it's in me right now. You have, you have some, some stuff that nobody ever thought about inside you. You have, you have recipes nobody ever thought about. Mixes and blends nobody ever thought about. A way to paint. You have a way to do half. All right, Second Peter. Let me at least get you started here before I send you home. Second Peter one. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. This is Peter's second letter 
to um, the Christian Jews, Messianic Jews. Uh, and if you were to look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, he says, I'm writing this to um, the diaspora, those who are dispersed, those who are scattered, right? And um, these were Jews who had come to know Jesus Christ, and now they're scattered through the world, different territories. And so they're living in hostile environments. Hostile to Christ, hostile to Christians, hostile to Christianity. And it sounds just like today. I don't know if you understand it, but you are living in a world that's hostile to Christ, hostile to Christians, and hostile to Christianity. In other words, they, in other words, they don't like you. <laughs> but he teaches them through his letters, 1 Peter, now we're in the 2 Peter, on how not to just survive, but to thrive in a hostile environment. <laughs> Some of you need to know how to thrive in a hostile environment. And he says, I want to give you some tidbits, some nuggets, some wisdom from God to help you make it because you've got what it takes to make it. Tell your neighbor, you've got what it takes to make it. And not just make it, but you've got what it takes to overcome. You've got what it takes to rise to the top, even in the midst of a hostile environment. I just told you about, about Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery. He wasn't working because he wanted to. He was working because he was, he was a slave. Yet because he had something on his life, he prospered as a slave. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, those Hebrew names, they were, they were enslaved in Babylon, and yet they prospered and rose to the top. So it doesn't matter. I mean, here you and I are in a free America. Yet there's hostility. Because you name the name of Christ. Some of you, well, they're hostile because I'm black. Listen, that may be true, but that can't stop you. I got no amens. That may be true, but that can't stop you. If you keep focusing on the hostility, you'll miss the potential on the inside of you. All right? So Paul, Peter is giving us some instructions on how to, how to make it, all right? And I'm telling you today, same thing. You, you, you and I have a clear advantage over the world because we're new, creation, new creations, right? Okay? Now let me give you at least one thing here. We're going to try to get through this a little bit here. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtain like precious faith. Obtain like precious faith. Right there off cuff, off rip, you've got what it takes to win. He's talking to a particular group. He said, 
you are those who have obtained something. And what you've obtained, what you've received, is called like precious faith. Everybody say faith. faith. In other words, this, this faith um, is the foundation for your success. Your potential is not based on facts. You missed it. Your potential is not based on current facts. Your potential is based on your faith. If you can believe, come on now, help me out. All things are possible to him who believes. So your possibilities are not based on your facts. This fresh, this fresh right here. Your, where you, your potential isn't based on your facts. If you can believe, it's Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him who believes. So my belief system, my, the limits of my belief determine the limits of my potential. Abraham and Sarah no longer have potential to have children. Those were the facts. <laughs> but Abraham, the Bible says, against hope, believed in hope. Against hope, Romans 4. Against hope, he believed in hope. And he became the father of many nations. So even though the facts weren't in his favor, his faith overrode the facts. Jesus, Jesus. I'm talking to eight, three people. One, two, okay. So don't let facts dictate how far you can go. <laughs> Your faith overrides it. Your faith tells you how far you can go. In other words, what are you working with right now? What, what are you... What are you working with right now? What 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 you what, 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 what you working with? What what what's, what you, what you working with? Are you you working with your facts or are you working with your faith? Are you looking at your IQ? Are you looking at your 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 last test you took? Are you are you looking at what they said? What your guidance counselor said? My wife, we we met in high school. We didn't date, but that's what we met. We became friends in high school. And her high school was my high school chemistry teacher as well. High school chemistry teacher told uh, my wife that, um, how, how she said, black people can't be chemists. Now, we graduated high school in 1989. This is not 1939. 1949, 1929, 1959. This is 1989 we graduated. And still in high school, in 1989, there are folk with enough dumb in them to say black folk. We watched a movie yesterday at home called Hidden Figures. I know as many of y'all seen it before. I've seen it before too, but um, 
I sat there and mesmerized watching again because I was so proud. And I'm glad I was sitting on this side, everybody, because these little tears was coming out of this side right here. Because I was just so proud to see these women, man, just because it's a true story. Women who were told what they couldn't do, what they couldn't be because, because of their skin color and their gender. But they didn't let what people said limit their potential. They fought and they stood and they won. She showed up. Yet in 1989, just before that, when the year she took chemistry, the chemistry teacher would tell her that black people can't uh, be chemists. How dumb can you be and still breathe? But Pastor Kim didn't let that stop her. And ended up winning the science fair for that teacher in chemistry. Oh, oh, well, I guess black people can't. Yeah, that's right, dumb dumb. And went on to get a double major, double bachelor's in chemistry and chemical engineering. Because your potential is not determined by other folk and their fears. Really when folk tell you you can't do nothing it's because they're scared that you can do it. Y'all shut up. When folk tell you you can't do it, it's really that they're scared that you can. What, what intimidates most folk is your potential. Y'all, okay, let me, let me help you out here. What intimidates the devil to no end is your potential. He knows what you can do, and he's, a, he's scared of you finding out what you can do. Because if you find out what you can do, you become a threat to his establishment. So my facts do not determine my potential. I've obtained like precious faith. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh my God, can you believe? Can you believe? Can you believe God that he can take a nobody and make something out of you? Oh Jesus. Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm off script. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Starting there. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So God isn't interested in your facts. 
As a matter of fact, the worse off your facts are, the more God wants to grab you. I'm talking about you got the least education, the least connection, the least hookup. Born in a one-night stand. You, I mean, come on. You, you, it don't matter what your facts are. The worse the facts are, you're the very one God wants to take and lift you up and show you off. Am I right about it? Verse 27. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen, come on now, the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base, the lowest things of the world. And the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Why? That or so that no flesh should glory in his presence. He wants to take the one that's voted least likely to succeed. The black sheep in the family, David, and make them the king. So everybody knows it wasn't you, it wasn't your good looks, it wasn't your smarts, it wasn't your speed, it wasn't your strength. But there was something inside that God used to raise you up and God gets all the glory for the great things he has done. I wish y'all a shout hallelujah. Now watch this. Let me get back to this point one and we'll wrap it up here. We've obtained, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse, verse 1, like precious Faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Now, we know a scripture I want to bring to your attention. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. This is how powerful faith is. How many of y'all have faith in here? 1 John 5 and verse 4. For whatever, whatever. Notice it didn't say there whoever. This is whatever. In other words, whatever is born of God, in other words, whatever God has produced, and God produces your potential. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Oh, my. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. What faith? That like precious faith that we obtained. Now watch what it says. This is the victory. That word victory comes from a Greek word nike. Nike, N-I-K-E. Now, some of you young folk recognize that name, N-I-K-E. You like to wear your Nikes. You cry to your mama, buy you some Nikes. But it's the Greek word Nike, which means victory. Now, it says this is the victory or the Nike that has overcome the world. The word overcome comes from the Greek word Nikeo. So, 
the Nike has Nikael the world. And what is it? It's our faith. Now watch this. The word overcome is Nikael, which means to conquer. To carry off the victory. To come off victorious. So this is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. So you conquering whatever odds or obstacles or opposition that is against you is not based on your facts. As a matter of fact, if it's left to your facts, you're going to lose every time. But if you would step out of your facts and use what you've obtained, your faith, you step over into a conquering place. This is the victory that has conquered the world, even our faith. So notice what it says here. This is the victory that has conquered the world. Conquered the world. Notice, conquered the world. Conquered the world. The whole world system is conquered by your faith. John 16, 33, Jesus says this. He says, uh, in the world you'll have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. I have already decayed the world. I have already overcome the world. So Jesus Christ has already overcome the world. So when you put your faith in Jesus, matter of fact, media, this is all script too, but add verse 5 to this. 1 John 5, verse 5. Give me 1 John 5, verse 5. Oh, my. Oh, my. 1 John 5, verse 5. Glory to God. 1 John 5. Who is he who conquers the world? But he who believes that Jesus is. Anybody here believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That makes you a world overcomer, a world conqueror. And if your faith can conquer the world, your faith can surely conquer that disease, that, that, that disability, that, that debt, that demon coming against you, that adversity in your life. That thing that you work, that project that you just can't finish, there's enough faith inside you. If you not look at yourself by your facts, but look at yourself by your faith. Tell you that, but you already have what it takes. You already, you already have what it takes. You, you already have. You, you don't need anything outside of you. Catch it. You don't need anything outside of you. Catch this. You don't need anything outside of you. Somebody over here better catch this. You don't need anything outside of you. And people go trying to scramble, trying to find things outside of them to find some help. But God said, you have already obtained like precious faith. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, your faith. So your faith is enough if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. So you ought to have what it takes to conquer anything. That's right. 
I don't know, was that Danny Bell or Vanessa Bell Armstrong sang a song, I have the faith that can conquer. Vanessa Bell Armstrong, faith that can conquer anything. 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 Let me wrap up here. We know we like to read Hebrews 11. Faith is substance of things, hope and evidence of things not seen. 11 verse 1. Listen to this. When you read Hebrews 11, we find that by faith, <laughs> underdogs. Hebrews 11, you read, it's all underdogs. I, I like to watch college football. And I normally cheer for the underdog. I, I, was, I was cheering for Miami yesterday. I was. I wanted Miami to win so bad, I did. But they were the underdog. No, they didn't win. They almost won. They, they could. I think it was just bad, bad coaching at the end of the game. It was bad coaching. No, no seriously, that wasn't a joke. No, it's just it's bad coaching at the end of the game. That, that's how they lost the last game, bad coaching at the end of the game. Miami should have won that. But I, I like... I like underdogs to win, unless they're playing against Florida State. It's Florida State, I want Florida State to win. And I just want to say I appreciate the, prayer team, the praise team wearing the garnet and gold today. I appreciate that, the whole praise team. Did y'all see the praise team dressed in the garnet and gold? Representing my Florida State Seminoles. But Hebrews 11 is full of all, it's all underdog stories. People who should not have won. And they won. Not by facts. The facts said they should have lost. The odds were not in their favor. But by faith, you'll see it over and over again, by faith, Jacob, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Noah, by faith, Moses, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Enoch, by faith. I want you to know what you have here today. You've obtained like precious faith. You have like, you've obtained like precious faith, which means you have the same faith that they had in the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You don't have a different faith. Are y'all hearing me? You don't have a different, you have the same faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says we have the same spirit of faith. We have the same faith. We don't have a different faith. And what we read that these men and women did by faith, against all odds, we can do. Why? Because faith taps into your divine potential. Faith overlooks your natural limitations. Are y'all y'all seeing this? Let me just let me just read. Can I read three verses here out of Hebrews eleven? Verse thirty-two through thirty-four. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson. 
and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Subdued means took dominion and dominated, put down kingdoms. They whipped kingdoms. If they can whip kingdoms through faith, don't tell me you can't whip that contractor's exam. You can't whip that state license exam. Through faith. Can't graduate on time. Don't tell me you can't. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. Work righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. They, they sent folk back home packing. By their faith. Underdogs. Everybody say underdogs. Gideon. Barak. Gideon was leasing his family. Smallest tribe. Smallest clan. And defeated the Midianites. Barak. Failed on his own. He had tried to bring deliverance and couldn't, but Deborah, the prophetess, spoke to him. And he got divine assistance and whipped the Canaanites. Samson, remember him? Samson was a scrawny dude. Huh? Samson, scrawny dude. He wasn't some big, strong, thick, delicious man. He was a scrawny dude. If he was thick, remember the Bible said they asked him, where did your strength come from? So he wasn't some built hulk. He wasn't some hulking man. But the Bible said over and over again, and the hand of the Lord came upon Samson. That gave him divine potential. And he whipped the Philistines. Jephthah, remember Jephthah? Judges 11, Jephthah was a son of a one-night stand. Product of a one-night stand. Underdog. And yet, he made a vow to God, and God gave him divine potential. He defeated the Ammonites. David, young and ruddy, was a little old boy, yet he knew he was in covenant with God and whipped the giant and all the Philistines, thousands of them. Why? Because God's hand was upon him. Samuel and all the prophets. These weren't warriors. These were preachers. Yet God used them to depose kings, tear down kingdoms, because it wasn't about their facts, it was about their faith. And the Bible says you and I have obtained like precious faith. So right there, I haven't even gotten into other parts of that. If we get just right off, just right, just your faith. 
you already have what it takes because your faith gives you a divine potential that overrides all the limitations of the facts of your life. So I don't want you to let any human tell you what you can't do, where you can't go, and what you can't be. Don't regard yourself after the flesh. Thank you, Lord. Romans 4, the Bible says, Abraham did not consider his own body being dead nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was strong in faith. Strong in faith. He was, y'all missed it. He did not consider his own body being dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So his faith overrode his facts. Hebrews 11 verse 11 says, by faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed, although she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So she, her, her facts said, you have no more potential to produce children. <laughs> said, no, no, I got faith. So she unlocked divine potential. You already have what it takes. That's all I got. Give God a praise for the Lord. Come on, give God a praise if you know what you have on the inside of you. Listen to me, I don't care what you've been told. Some people have actually heard these deplorable words from people in your own family. You ain't gonna never be nothing. You ain't gonna be nobody. You just like so-and-so. You ain't never gonna amount to anything. Block all that out of your mind. Put all of that out of your mind. Some of you, you barely, barely finished high school. You ain't going to be nothing. Put that out of your mind. The only reason you barely finished was because you played all the time. You didn't know how to tap into even the natural potential you had. You got around other knuckleheads who played all the time because it wasn't cool to make good grades. Somebody told you it wasn't cool to carry a backpack. I know that's how it is. People don't even tap into their natural potential because people want to put them down. But you have this unlimited, unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of divine potential yes. to go beyond 
what you've ever thought or dreamed. And if you and I would apply this to every area of our lives, I, I want you to not take what I'm preaching and saying to you and just blow off like, okay, well, I'm going to do something, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if that really applies. No, I want you to take this and apply it to your life and, and, and look past all the natural barriers that men would put in your life. Look past the ones you put on yourself. Come on, man of God. Some of you, you are your harshest critics. Come on, man of God. You've critiqued yourself out of success. You've talked yourself out of success. You do it to yourself. Now that seed came from somewhere. And you've kept feeding that seed of mediocrity, complacency, being average, being unsuccessful. But I want to lay the axe to that root and pluck up what my father did not plant. My father did not plant mediocrity in you. My father did not put natural limitations on you. I remember hearing Apostle Derber say this. He said, think about this. God made birds where they can soar and migrate over this whole planet. Whales, sharks can migrate hundreds of thousands, of, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles through the oceans. Yet somehow God's people think we're limited to just being right here. The flagship of this creation. The ones with dominion over the birds and the fish and all that. And yet we let birds and whales outdo us. My God! Today I uproot every seed that's been planted in your life that's grown into a tree of limitation. Into a tree of limited potential into a tree of mediocrity and complacency and average. I uproot it. I pluck it up in the name of Jesus and I make way for the seed of excellence, of superiority, of significance, of achievement, of accomplishment, of great exploits. Those of you who know your God, you shall be strong and you shall carry out great exploits. You shall be great. Your name shall be great. You shall be known as sons and daughters of the Most High God and divine potential is being unlocked and being unleashed in your life. Oh my. Oh my. I give you the release to do it again. 
By the word of the Lord, I give you the release to try it again. Last time you tried it, based on your own potential. This time you will do it based on divine potential. Last time you did it, based on your facts. This time you'll do it based on faith. You have the victory that has overcome the world. Even your faith, by faith, obtain a good report. By faith, obtain a good testimony. By faith, subdue kingdoms. By faith, stop the mouths of lions. By faith, quench the violence of fire. By faith, turn to flight the armors of aliens. By faith. Do it again. By faith. I remove every limitation imposed by some parent, by some authority figure who evaluated you based on what they saw. But God, today I see in your people a divine nature that gives unlimited potential to be, to do, to have, to accomplish anything. 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 Unlock it today. Unlock it today. Let it out today. Unlock it today. Unlock it today. Your word said, Father, in the, in the word, Jesus said that he gives us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. By the key of the authority you've given me, I loose right now divine potential. I unlock it that it may be unleashed in the lives of your people. Divine potential to complete the great destiny that you've placed within this, your people. I thank you that God, we shall be the head, not the tail, above, only not beneath. Cause us to prosper in all things. I thank you for it today, and I give you the greatest praise. It belongs to you, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that, why don't you give him a hallelujah? Hallelujah! hallelujah.